yeah, here we go for the big old Friday show. It is Supercross Eve up in here. Can't wait. The stockings are hung from the chimneys with care and hope that Saint Moto soon will be there. And I don't mean Moto Man Moto. No, 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 Saint Moto. Totally different. Moto Man comes down your chimney. You better light a fire in it and get a gun because he's coming to your house to steal. A little degenerate is what he is. A little ginger degenerate. Look out for him. No, no, no. We're looking for Saint Moto. He brings and shoves like a YZ450 in your stocking and cool things like that. Wonderful time. Uh, We're looking at Nashville, Tennessee is the Supercross location for this week. Rain in the forecast today. 50% chance of thunderstorms tomorrow. Could be in for a deja vu of this weekend or we could have it early and then it gets better by the time the main event comes around but I'm not sure and I don't know what condition the track is in yet I would imagine if it's been rainy in the forecast they've had it covered up we will see what happens Uh, we got a lot of moto today coming up next we're going to do something interesting we're going to have not one but two Lawrence brothers we're going to talk to we're going to get a quick few questions with them that's because Max Hansey took up the entire rest of the press conference because it was his first ever win and I'll tell you that little British dude likes to talk hello my name is Mr. Max Hansey and I'd like to have a chat with you about motocross Gaffner no that's Will I'm sorry anyway that's what Max sounds like a little bit Uh, Max Good dude. Love Max Ancy. If you missed that interview yesterday, that'll come back up in the middle of the show today. And then we'll do a workaround. I'm going to get to his story finally. I've been talking about all week and haven't yet done it because I kept putting it off because I don't want to go crazy. But I'll let myself go crazy because it's Friday. And I got no Fs to give. It's a no Fs to give. Blow it out your ass Friday is what it is. I also got a really good story out of San Francisco. Got a guy. We all know San Francisco is the anus of America. Well, it's a tie. There's New York and there's Portland. Yeah, but anyway, San Francisco, not a not a great place. A lot of bad stuff there, a lot of crime there. And, and I love that everyone jumped on after that tech guy got murdered. Everybody was like, man, you really got to do something about your crime and your soft DAs. And everyone was like, ha-ha, it was a guy that he knew it wasn't a homeless guy, so screw you, our city's fine. No, 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 no. Everyone jumped to the conclusion because everyone knows what a piece of crap city you have. Well, this is another one of those stories. It was a guy, the former San Francisco fire commissioner. He got beaten with a metal rod and was in really bad shape, got his ass beat by a homeless guy. Now there's more to that story, too. So I imagine the libs will jump out and be like, See? <laughs> he deserved it. San Francisco's wonderful. Sure, there's crackheads everywhere taking dumps on the sidewalk. But that's just their right. It's freedom. They're marginalized people because they don't have homes. So they should be allowed to steal everything that's yours. That's reparations for homeless people. Yeah, that's what we call it, San Francisco. Steal everything you want. We won't prosecute. (laughs) Yeah, well, another one of those stories. And it's crazy. It's about that fire marshal. We'll get into that one. Freaking idiots. I got a story about conjoined twins. It sounds like a porno, and well, it kind of is. Then I have a lady that got shot in the clit. Uh, A clitoris, I'm sorry. I don't want to be profane here. A lady shot in the clitoris. Literally. 
Shot in the clitoris. We'll get into that. And then I'm going to rant on Moto and do all my fun Moto talks. But coming up here in just a few minutes, it will be the entire HRC Honda 250 squad. Their names are Jet and Hunter Lawrence. They are brothers. They are dominating the 250s this year in both the East and the West, both surely to win the championships in their projected divisions. And we will speak with those two little uh, Aussie boys next. I love them boys. They actually are really, really good for the sport, and we are big fans here. So it'll be fun to talk with the Lawrence brothers. And they're not even down under. No, it was in New Jersey when we talked to them. So we'll run that back for you right after this. I'm Stretch. Strap it in. Strap it on. It is Supercross Eve, a.k.a. Friday, right here on a Big 49. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with not one but two Lawrence brothers from the HRC Honda team. Both of them have a red plate on their bike. They both got the same number of wins. They got the same number of freaking everything, and tonight was supposed to be the big Lawrence brothers shootout here in New Jersey, and it turned in to the insane mud bowl instead and we really didn't get to see uh, what we came for but we you know we got a spectacular show don't get me wrong i'm not complaining but uh you guys did not really get to battle in what would be normal conditions so we'll have to wait and see you guys go at it when we get to utah but let's talk about this track tonight uh, uh hunter it looked like you weren't even on the box and then, uh, you, you know, you were back there riding along. Obviously, you're in firm grasp of the red plate and the championship for the 250 East. But at what point did you even know what was going on out there? I know that no one had uh, any pit boards because you could ride on them because of the rain. And did you even know where you were at position-wise? Or were you just kind of riding along knowing you were in a pretty good spot and figured you'd finish and, you know, get whatever points you could get out of this disaster of a weather night here in New Jersey? Yeah. Uh, so my Cam, he put on there, P5, calm. <laughs> okay. So I was like, okay, we're doing calm. We're doing it good. And we're right. doing it pretty good, honestly. Like I seen RJ and Max's bike smoking from a yeah. pretty early stage. And, um, uh, sorry, not... Um, Volan, not yeah. you. Oh, I couldn't no. see you, Max. You were gone. Yeah, no, no. You you were gone. You were gone. Uh, Volan's bike. I seen RJ and Jet getting kind of a little loose. I'm like, all right, stay out of that. You don't need to hit the ground. You know, then you, uh, your gloves get all muddy and it's just yeah. a nightmare. So, uh, yeah, in a pretty blessed opportunity and, uh, yeah. and a good position. So, didn't really need to do anything. And then, yeah, obviously to kind of <laughs> see uh, how that uh, last corner unfolded. Oh, uh, man. Wow, that's something else, and uh, I was able to capitalize on it somehow, yeah. and yeah, got third, so uh, pretty happy for what could have been, you know, these days could always be yeah. the worst day, you know, pushing a bike off, DNF, give up 26 points or, or whatever, so no, happy. Uh, and speaking of giving up uh, 26 points, uh, that last turn that you were referencing there, that's where RJ Hampshire thought he had a shot at Jet and went for it in the last couple turns and then hydroplaned and crashed on a slip and slide, took both of them down for a second. And then, like, Jet, did you even see that coming? Did you have any idea what was happening? Like, walk us through what was going on when RJ came flying in out of nowhere in that final turn here on the on the uh, final lap. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it changed pretty quickly. I was right behind Max. I'm like, okay, I yeah. could have a good chance here. I tried cutting down earlier and the rear end just kept on going around a bit. 
Yeah. So, all right, that's gone. <laughs> I looked back to see who else I seen RJ. I'm like, oh, he's pretty far back. And then I was in the turn. I just seen a bow wave. It was water coming spray me. And then a, <laughs> then a front wheel. Wow. I had no time to react or, or do anything. So, uh, luckily, I was on a crash on top of him. So, I could just kind of rode my bike over his. Luckily, it was kept on running. Yeah. And uh, somehow, he finished on the podium still and got second. I thought I would have got, got off the podium because of that. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's a... It's a <laughs> The funny thing, you took a risk of maybe gaining two points and losing 20, so it's oh, a <laughs> bit of a risk play there, and I'm yeah. not working out the best for him. So, um, yeah. But we're we're happy that we're able to make it through. I heard my bike was smoking pretty early, so it's not the best. We got a little uh, little loose a couple times, but we're just happy we got over the finish line. Yeah, and by the way, then both of you guys get on the box, so it's it's a damn good night for the HRC Honda team, and you guys still rolling with huge leads in the uh, championship points in both divisions so congratulations on that uh let's talk about the delay a little bit not something we've seen before where you guys are in the gate we're getting ready to go they take you off the gate you guys go down in the tunnel then you got like an hour and a half down there or so and everybody's kind of screwing around they kept putting the cameras down there we could see you guys and it seemed like everybody was just you know kind of shooting the crap with each other and socializing then when they said all right we're going again was it weird to just strap the helmet back on and get back into like game mode and and be ready to race or was it just another day at the office when they said all right time to get back out on the track yeah i, I think uh, at this stage that we're at now just as soon as the helmet kind of comes on we know it's uh what it's time for what we need to do out there and it just kind of comes uh, just natural now it's just muscle memory so we don't really kind of have to focus on all right we got to switch on to we got to race now it's kind of like <laughs> just getting ready right yeah. we gotta have this this and this to go and uh then it's kind of just go with it really i mean it's not a lot you can <laughs> can do with yeah. the with this kind of you get told to go race so all right and you can't really say no <laughs> give me a few minutes so it's just like all right yeah just gotta go up and then see how that goes all right and it went pretty well when uh seeing how it goes for both of you especially for hunter really the third place had to be like like the the greatest cherry on top of a of a crazy night for hunter go, going through and getting up there and you guys both protect the hell out of those championship leads so congratulations to you we'll see you guys battle in the final round in utah and then hunter uh we'll see you again next weekend in nashville so congratulations guys to you and the entire hrc team and uh hunter we'll see you next week and jet we'll see you in a couple in denver and then We'll see both of you in the final round in Utah. Going to be great. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Good news for the Nashville Supercross. Adam C. and Cirillo, who took a nasty crash Saturday during qualifying when he landed on the back of Justin Barsha after Justin got loose in front of him in a rhythm section. Adam couldn't stop, flipped over, ended up knocking his noggin, but he has been cleared, and he will race this weekend in Nashville. Let's hope it's not another mud hole. It should be a lot of fun. Good to see Adam C. and Cirillo back out there. He's been growing and growing and getting better as this season goes on, and we're excited to have him. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ah, uh, Big 49. I have a little surprise for you. I sandbagged the story I didn't tell you about in the startup of the show today. And it's one of my favorite things, the paranormal. Uh, before I get into it, though, let me give you a little sidebar. I want to shout out a friend of the 49. If you guys 
are familiar with radio in Los Angeles. You probably know our friend Jojo. He's the night guy over at Kiss. He's been there forever and ever and ever. He's a cool dude. Friends with myself, friends with Moto Man for years and years and years. And he's got a really good uh, paranormal podcast called Paranormalish. I listened to a few episodes yesterday when I was working, driving around in the car, had it on, bumped a few episodes. I love the paranormal stuff. So uh, shout out to Jojo. Go check out the podcast if you are into that sort of thing. If you are into that sort of thing, you might like this next story I'm about to get into. And it is about a guy that does exorcisms. And what what we're hearing more and more when it comes to exorcisms. You know what? It's funny. I heard this on uh, a guy on Jojo's podcast. This guy performs exorcisms and he's not a Catholic priest. The, the Catholic Church is really, really good about performing exorcisms. They train their priests. I believe the Jesuit fathers of the Catholic Church are the guys they use, and they train and they have exorcists in different parts of the country in different dioceses, and they try to get one in every diocese, and they can go around and, you know, uh, get demons out and do exorcisms on people that are afflicted by a diabolical possession. And they take it very seriously. Well, the problem is it's getting so big and so bad, they don't have enough to do it. They, they, they can't. So the Vatican has started training Episcopal priests and other priests and people of other religions. And you don't have to be trained by the Vatican. There are other people that are just pastors and there are other people that aren't of any religious denomination at all who also throw out uh, demons and cast them out in the name of Jesus. So it's interesting when you hear this story, this guy is an exorcist and they ask him, this is an article I'm reading actually. It's not, uh, the, I didn't swipe this from Mr. Jojo, but I did hear the, those first stats from his podcast I listened to today because I listened to what about exorcism and then I find this story tonight. This guy says, they go, what's your scariest thing that you've ever seen? And this guy says his name is Reverend Daniel Rehill. So that is not a father. That is not a Catholic priest, but still a man that performs exorcism. He says that he and 2,000 witnesses saw a five-foot-tall, 100-pound nun run up a giant wall like a squirrel. Just went right up it, a 20-foot-high wall. And they said she ran up it like a squirrel, this little tiny nun. Says that same woman, when they started performing the exorcism on her, freaked out so bad that it took six full-grown large men to hold her down. She was so strong. He also goes into, like, what caused that possession. This is a nun we're talking about. And he said she had been abused as a baby and she didn't know it. And they took her to the place where they where, where they did the exorcisms. And they said typically people would be there and they might be there like a week as they perform, you know, the ritualistic rites on them over and over until they until it's gone. Said this lady was there a year, this nun. A year. Ran up a freaking wall like a squirrel. It gets better. Then it's like, all right, what else? That's that's a good story. What else you got? If I saw a little lady run up a wall like a squirrel, and I looked at her, and I'm thinking she's possessed, I'm out. I'm out. I mean, I got faith in Jesus, but I am not uh, wanting to do any confronting of evil. Uh, just stay away from it, let it be, and keep it away from me and my family. 
ideally. So this guy says, no, I personally met the devil twice. He wasn't always a reverend. In fact, he was a banker who liked to party and go out and drink with his clients and apparently did a lot of bad stuff, worked for a city bank, worked for a lot of big banks and made a hell of a lot of money back in the day. And then he started having a bad time and he was drinking and he was trying to quit drinking and he said he was at a church group, probably an AA meeting would be my guess. And he came out of it and he's just trying to kick drinking and he says he walks out of the church and he says there is a very, very attractive man dressed to the nines in a perfect, really expensive Italian suit. And the guy walks right up to him, says he walks out of the church and the guy's staring at him, like waiting for him outside. And then walks over to him and says, let's go have a drink. Grabs him by the arm and tries to get him to go have a drink with him. He doesn't know who this guy is. He's like, get the hell away from me. He said he runs away and he never thinks about it again other than it's weird. I'm in here trying to quit drinking. When I come outside the, the church, this guy's waiting for me and tries to get me to go have drinks with him. I would say the devil, by the way, the devil's a fallen archangel of the Lord. This is a... Uh, no dummy. He knows what's going on. He knows who he's going to be battling with later on in life. This guy hadn't given his life to the Lord yet, and he had not decided to become a reverend. Then he says he had made the call to become a reverend, and he was off at seminary, but he went down to Miami with a couple of uh, female friends. And he said he, he had uh, gone down there on vacation, and they were down there and he said he sees the women that he's with and they're staring at this guy. And he said when he turned around, it was the same dude that had been outside the church when he was trying to quit drinking. And at that point, he said that man walked up to him and said, what are you doing here? I thought you were going to be a priest. This is my area. You need to get out of here. And at that point, he said he knew it was the devil. And when he was going through his seminary and going through his stuff, he had locked down in Omaha, Nebraska, where he was learning the rite of exorcism uh, the, way he does, the way he does it through his church. He is a reverend. Reverend Rehill. He's been a priest now for more than 20 years after he had completely walked away from the church. And he said, uh, oh man, I can't even pronounce it right. I've heard of this area. It's in Bosnia. And it's Metagorgia, might be how you say it. I might be butchering that, but I'm full aware of that. That is where some young children many, many years ago had an encounter with uh, the Virgin Mary. And she gave them warnings and told them some stuff. And they talked to her. And it's considered to be sacred ground where this happened. Well, he visited there in 1998. And at that point was so moved by being on what is holy ground that he gave his life to God confessed all of his sins of the last 20 years and 20 years he was an atheist and you know was a banker and making tons of money and confessed his sins and then became a reverend and then had face-to-face encounters he believes with the devil himself that is pretty crazy pretty nuts up next i'm gonna tell you who knows the devil himself his name is joe biden aka president poopy pants and I've been sitting on this story all week just because I'm like, it's so political. But everyone should know it's he's being accused of something. We're going to talk about this next. I'm Stretch.
It's that big four nine. Big, 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 big. The big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. There's about a 50% chance that the Supercross turns into, well, another mud crap show, if you will, on Saturday. And that's because we're looking at a 50% chance of thunderstorms on Saturday. Hopefully, they will clear out early in the day, and by the night show, we will be good to go. Kind of the opposite of what happened last week in New Jersey when we had a beautiful day right up till it was time for the main events and the thunderstorms and rain unleashed hell on the crowd and the track. It did make for fun watching, but man, was that a crap show. So a 50% chance of that happening again this weekend. Also expect rain today, so we may get media day ride also canceled. We'll find that out as the day progresses. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ah, hell yeah. Freaking Friday up in here. LCR going down today. That's the Moto Man show up in ya. 3 o'clock. 3 to 7 p.m. today. The Moto holding down the Ford on the 49. And Moto Man is live, live, live. It is not Memorex like the Stretch Arias. Stretch Aria records it out and then plays it a couple hours before it runs back and then goes off to his real life as Clark Kent. <laughs> Moto Man. He plops his ass in the air chair, and he's in there for four hours from 3 to 7 p.m. He takes your phone calls, 866-49-BIG-49. You can always call the moto, and you can talk moto. You can ask for a song. He'll give you a request. He'll do whatever. Moto's a pleaser. He'll, he'll hook you up, so give Moto Man a call today. Tell him, Stretch said you'll play whatever I tell you to, and you better do it or you're fired. You tell him that. You tell him Stretch said that. Today, 3 p.m., Pacific time. Also, uh, Moto is a mechanical uh, guru. He kind of knows how to fix stuff and make stuff and build stuff. He's quite the idiot savant. He really is. And he will uh, talk to you about Moto. You got questions about Moto or anything like that. Moto is the dude to talk to. Bookie Kyle said he may not be here today. He may have to go get a large uh, a butt plug that accidentally fell into his anus removed in the ER today. I'm not sure. Something like that. I'm pretty sure that's what the email said. Something about that. Something about a stuck butt plug that had to come out and he may not be able to make it to the show. He said it might be Friday or Saturday because if you get taken out on Friday, you're going to be sore on Saturday. So there's that. But I <laughs> love you, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle doesn't like it when we rib him. And by the way, everyone gets ribbed around here. We, we, we rib, we rib, we rib. It just goes, goes, goes. Kyle doesn't like it. He is mad. Moto Man's just like, oh, whatever, whatever, screw you. And then he gives it back to me. I'll, I'm sure I'll get bombarded today during the show. That's why Moto Man hides all the delicious, tasty uh, beverages and snacks for me that we get from our friends at Straub Distributing. All of the, but especially the ghost. He knows I love the ghost. Like, I work overnights. I, I'm sleepy all the time. I'm trying to stay awake and not lose my job and get fired sometimes when it gets slow. And it's like, man, I could use a ghost. But no, Moto's got them all on lock, little bastard. Also, the kettle chips, he's got those on lock too. The liquid death. I went in there and stole a whole bunch of it. I still have some liquid death in my house. I have blown through everything else. I even blew through the, uh, the little case of kettle chips that I took as well. But hey, suck it, Moto. Alright, right now I'm going to get into the story. I've been stalling and stalling and stalling. Not on this, just not one to do this story because I know it's going to... If you're a lefty, you're going to be like, F you stretch, you suck, dude. You're a sheeple, bro. You believe everything you see. I do believe this. 
comes from the House Republicans, and they say they are demanding answers from President Joe Biden, a.k.a. Poopy Pants, after a whistleblower at the IRS has come forward to give some details into the Hunter Biden tax investigation. Remember, we heard long ago that they had enough to uh, put charges against Hunter Biden for tax evasion. Guy's got millions and millions and millions of dollars. And it's funny. He sells his art to his dad's fans. He has business dealings with the Ukraine and China and all this stuff. And they got enough to get him from that laptop that the left-leaning liberal media told you didn't exist until, well, it did. So they've got this guy dead to rights. And here's where it's crazy. It's like, all right, your kid's a criminal and he's a cokehead. We know that. We know this, President Biden. We know your son is a cokehead. There's video of him doing a cokehead, doing cocaine in bed with a hooker. And I trust you, that wasn't his first rodeo. So we know the kid's a cokehead. We know the kid's shady at best as a as a character and as a human being. And the whistleblower says that what's happening is as they move forward with this Hunter Biden tax evasion investigation that well there's some interesting things going on there whistleblower uh, sent a letter to congress on tuesday seeking legal protection in exchange for exposing how political bias has compromised the hell out of that probe within the irs the note was written by an attorney that is representing this person And they say the whistleblower has proof that will contradict sworn testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee, as well as information about a failure to mitigate clear conflicts of interest in the ultimate disposition of the case. That's that's some tall accusations against the sitting president of the United States, so you need some protection. Because you know what's going on right now. It looks like that the president is swinging the weight of the White House to protect his criminal son. And just so you know, you're like, why are you messing with his son? Why are you messing with his family? Do you see the awful stuff they did to those Trump kids? And by the way, was there ever anything? Is there a, a scandal or accusation against a single child of President Trump? Those are pretty good kids. You agree with them politically or not, they're pretty good people and they're squeaky clean. The lawyer goes on in his letter and he says, I respectfully request that your committees work with me to facilitate sharing this information with Congress legally and with the fully informed advice of counsel. They say it is deeply concerning that the Biden administration is, in their view, obstructing justice by blocking efforts to charge Hunter Biden for tax violations. So they're using their weight. Say it is clear from their investigation that Hunter and other members of the Biden family engaged in deceptive, shady business schemes to avoid scrutiny as they made millions from foreign adversaries like China. Huh. The lawyer in his letter says, my client wants to come forward to Congress. He's ready to be questioned about what he knows and what he experienced under the proper legal protections. Political considerations were having an impact on the decision for agents to make investigative steps in the case, he he alleges. And those political considerations are not normally a part of a career investigator's toolkit. So this guy was getting privileges from the White House. And he's the guy investigating the president's son. 
Come on, man. Come on, man. U.S. Department of Treasury uh, needs to release every suspicious activity report related to the Biden family. And people are furious about it. President Joe Biden addressed the investigation in December 2020, insisting he was confident that a professional and objective review of these matters will demonstrate that he handled his affairs legally and appropriately. However, in October 2022, reports surfaced suggesting that the FBI was confident with the evidence collected that they were going to move forward and charge Hunter Biden with tax crimes, and that hasn't happened either. And the FBI is the most dirty, corrupt organization in the United States law enforcement community. Dirty, 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 corrupt, foul, evil bastards is what they are. So the FBI is in this, the IRS is in this, and the Biden family is in this, and it doesn't look good. You want the truth? There is no truth. The truth is there's shady crap going on. These rich-ass bastards protect their families. Even when there's shady druggies like Hunter Biden. So there you go. That's my political rant of the day. I'm going to get back to fun stuff next. I'm going to talk about a woman who took a shot to the clitoris. Right in the clitoris. Boom. That had to hurt. Talk about that next. It's the Big 49. The Man Urged. Report. Big 49 wants to send a big rest in peace shout out to the king of smut television, Jerry Springer who passed away at the age of 79 yesterday at his home in Chicago. And Springer, I guess, got diagnosed with a terminal illness a very short time ago, and it did not take long for him to succumb to the illness, and he has passed away. So rest in peace. Let's hope there's not anybody throwing chairs or having crazy fights at his funeral. Like everybody's gonna have to stop having oral sex because there is a huge rise in throat cancers in both men and women, and they are associated with the HPV virus. The CDC estimates that 70% of all oral cancers are basically coming from HPV infections. So watch out for tainted cock and cooters. Remember the 90s hip hop group, the Fugees, and then Lauryn Hill went all crazy and they kind of disbanded after that. Well, the rapper Roz Michelle, he moved on completely from music shortly after the Fugees went completely defunct and he decided to get into politics and that didn't go so well with him. He was accused earlier this year of basically conspiracy, witness tampering, and failure to register as an agent of China. And well, yesterday he was convicted on those and now he's going to go to his sentencing where he's probably going to go to prison for a long time. Failure to register as an agent of China. He was a spy. Who knew that freaking Praz from the Fujis was a Chinese spy, I guess. The Man Earth. Entertainment with Stretch. Um. James Brown. Godfather soul. Putting it down like a champion. Right now I'm playing Sex Machine. Because I got a lady and she may not feel like a sex machine anytime soon. It's a woman in Somalia. She had to undergo emergency surgery after she got shot in the clitoris. Pow! Pow, 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 pow. What'd you say? She got shot in the clitoris. You're like, that is an evil man that would shoot a woman in the clitoris. You know, they do that vaginal mutilation over in Africa. That's terrible. No, that's not what happened at all. Here's what they say. It was an accidental piercing of her vajay. 
say the first time they know ever in the history of ever, anywhere in the world, let alone just Africa, that a stray bullet penetrated the vulvar area of a female's genitalia. Say what happened, the 24-year-old woman, she was just relaxing at home, you know, and it's hot over in Somalia. So you got the big dress on. She's going commando. She had no panties on or nothing. And she's just sitting there watching Jerry Springer, old reruns. Didn't know he was going to die today or yesterday. And she's going to sit there. And she's, you know, fanning the beef. Probably, you know, flies come around it in Somalia too. They got flies, so you got to fan the beef. So you got your legs spread. And you're just sitting there maybe watching a little Springer just fanning your beef. You know what else you're going to do in Somalia on a day like today? Apparently, some crazy mofo got like she doesn't live in a great neighborhood. She is in the hood hood, and she was like, "You're like, oh man, somebody's busting caps out there. Fool's getting crazy." Well, stray bullet came through, went through the wall, and then it enlarged into her clitoris. And they say they're lucky it went through the wall because when it went through the wall, it slowed it down enough to where it didn't completely obliterate. Her clitoris, it just hit it and stuck into it. And I don't know if you know anything about bullets, but they're hot as F. So it stuck and melted itself right into her clitoris. Lady went to the doctor, Erdogan Hospital in Mogadishu, Somalia, with a massive pain in her vajay. And she's like, I don't know what happened. I was sitting there watching Springer fanning my beef, keeping the flies away, and all of a sudden, pow! I got the most pain you could ever believe in my private parts. They hit me right in the clitoris. Ah! Jump back on the good foot. So you did a CT scan. They re- they realized the little tip of the bullet's right there in her hoosets. And they had to go in and do the emergency surgery and remove it. He's like, what are the effing odds? She said, no man's ever been able to find my clitoris in my entire life. And some a-hole fires a bullet and hits me right in the cooter. Gets me right in the biscuit. Bam! Oh, yeah. That happened to Moto Man. Moto Man, watch your clitoris when you're watching TV and spanking it to Springer episodes. You'll be sitting there, a bullet come through the wall, just in lodge in your, in your clitoris. That's a horrible day. That's a terrible, horrible day. This is not funny. Don't laugh. There's no laughing. Poor lady. Imagine that bullet in your cooter. Right there, lodged in. Then you gotta go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, yeah, we'll try to take it out. I don't know. Maybe we'll get it out. Maybe we won't. Maybe your clitoris is broken. However, they say, no, she had a great doctor. Under just local anesthesia, they were able to remove the projectile. And they say it looks like she's not gonna suffer any complications. I bet she doesn't spread her legs and fan her, you know, fan the beef out in the open air like that anymore. Bet she's gonna sit there when she watches TV with like a book in front of her of her hoosets. Good thick book like a dictionary or something or a phone book. Set it there in your lap just in case another bullet comes through. It won't get you back in the old Clint Taurus. Man. She has her next follow-up appointment with a doctor in one month from now. You expected to make a full recovery. I don't know if you make a full recovery from that. If I found a bullet enlarged in one of my enlarged in one of my testicles I don't think I ever come back from that I think I'm a paranoid mess and I don't think I can walk around my house anymore I think I'd wear uh, like lead underwear after that bulletproof jock straps everywhere I went that's what I would do this lady's a super trooper so word of the wise 
watching TV, watch out for a straight bullet to the cooter. It's a freaking public service announcement from your uncle Stretch Henri here on a big four nine. Up next, let's talk to Max Dansty, our favorite British rider. He got his first ever win last weekend. We'll see what he can do this weekend. It's the big forty nine. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Star Racing Yamaha announced good news and bad news on the Dylan Ferrandez front yesterday. The good news is this. Dylan is back on the bike and riding again for the first time in a very long time. Remember, Dylan got hurt early in the year with a concussion. He set out for a good long while. They thought he was ready to come back. They put him back on the bike. And then the very first race he came back, he had a really gnarly crash at qualifying that day and has been sidelined ever since. And they announced yesterday he is not going to return to Supercross this season. Instead, he will get a head start on the outdoor season and start training for that. And remember, last time we saw Dylan Ferrandez on an outdoor motocross track, he ended up winning the championship in his rookie year. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ah. Big 49, time to get left freaky with Shiki. Tell me this story's not a little bit freaky. It's a little bit freaky. Everyone involved in this story is a freak. I got two girls. They are twin sisters from Mexico. One of them has a boyfriend. The other one is celibate. You're like, all right. And these girls from Mexico grew up in Connecticut. And the problem is the one that celibate's getting rammed on the daily because these two sisters, Lupita and Carmen Andrade, share a vagina. Yep, they're conjoined twins. So you got two sisters that basically they got two upper torsos, but they share a hip and they each have a leg and each one controls one of the legs. They didn't learn how to walk till they were four years old. And they say they live a normal life. They go to movies. They go to concerts. They even sit in one seat because they only have one booty, one vajay, two legs. It's just the upper. They got two. And the weird thing is the one is a boyfriend who she digs her boyfriend. The other one says, no, I'm celibate. It's like, wait a minute. How are you celibate if your sister's getting rammed all the time and you guys share a vajay? I can't figure this one out. Carmen, she's the one with the boyfriend. Uh, Lupita, however, says she is asexual, not into sex at all. Even though you don't need to be into sex, but your your vagina is constantly getting crammed by your sister. And if you're the boyfriend, how are you going to have sex with conjoined twins? Do you put like a pillowcase over the other one's head? Hey, could you put this over your head? I'm begging your sister right now. I don't want you to know what we're doing. Hey, no, 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 I know what you're doing. You're banging both of them. They got one vajay. It'd be different if they had two vajays. Then you could be banging the one's vajay and not the other vajay. No, you can only bang the vajay on the right, not the left, but we only got one vajay, so it's both vajays at the same time. And both of them got brains hooked up to the one vajay. The one vajay, the one leg. Maybe the maybe that's what it is. Maybe uh, Carmen, the one with the boyfriend, his name is Daniel. Daniel is a gringo, by the way. Uh... Daniel's plowing it. Maybe maybe Carmen's the one that has more feeling in the vagina than the other one. And maybe the other one's asexual because she technically 
doesn't get the vajay feeling. I hope that's the case. That would make it not as weird. If not, I want to know. You know, like, I imagine having sex just in the room with your sibling. Imagine you're laying in bed next to your sibling and they're just getting pounded and you're like there. They're making out with their uh, boyfriend and you're just laying there like, all right, this is gross. I'm going to look at a book. All right, all right. Wow, what's happening? I feel like I'm getting rammed. Oh, I am getting rammed because we share a vagina. Yeah, this is not right. This is LaFreak. Straight up LaFreak. I know how I feel about this. I feel bad for that one asexual sister who's just got to sit there getting rocked out all the time. I'd be like, you guys better get into oral sex or something because I'm tired of you pounding my vagina because I'm asexual. That's what I would say. All right, coming up next, I got another story before I get back into the final hour of the stretch show where we will revisit our interview with the Lawrence brothers. Jet and Hunter from the HRC Honda team. Quick words with them because Max Ancy talked so long you heard that interview. We didn't get time to talk to the Lawrence brothers. But fun to talk to Max. Love seeing him get his first win. Up next, a story about out of San Francisco about a former fire captain that sustained serious injuries after he was beat with a metal pipe by a homeless man. You're like, well, that's just San Francisco on a Tuesday. Well, yeah, but now we find out he deserved it. He deserved it. And now they're like saying, see, we don't have a crime problem in San Francisco. The homeless people only attack people that deserve it. No, that's not true. Get into this story next. I'm Stretch. Happy Friday. Ready for the Last Chance Radio today at 3 o'clock. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. This weekend's Nashville Supercross will be a 250 East extravaganza. That means we're going to get Hunter Lawrence and that pack of dudes. Looking at the injury report, everybody that's been on it has been on there for a while, except for two dudes there are updates on. Michael Mosman from the TLD Gas Gas team. Last week they had him listed as TBD, but he did not race. And this week they say, no, he is out, and he will be for the remainder of the Supercross season. So Michael Mosman is done for the season. Jeremy Martin, however, who missed last week after getting a punctured lung the week before, well, guess what? He's going to get back on that Club MX Yamaha this weekend and give it another go. As long as one lung can breathe, you're probably pretty good, J-Mart. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It's a Stretch show. A little Van Halen up in that music bed right now. Drop a old school. Get up in there. Van Halen went to the same college I did. Pasadena City College. Where they formed. Rest in peace, Eddie. It was a great rock and roll band there for a good long time. Back in the heyday of the MTV era, Van Halen was still the shiz at that point. All right. Let's get into this. Gonna go to San Francisco, where we were all horrified when a former San Francisco fire commissioner was beaten with a metal rod. And he was beaten badly, and they're like, those damn homeless, they're crazy, they're attacking people. Well, they found the guy that did it. He was 24 years old. His name was Garrett Dottie. They filed assault and battery charges against him. And now the district attorney, who doesn't like to prosecute crime in his city, tossed it out. And here's why. Happened April 5th, by the way. National attention on this. This poor 
former fire commissioner getting the hell beat out of him with a metal rod by a crazy homeless guy in the Pacifica area of San Francisco. Well, what they're realizing, and there's now video of it, the guy said, no, he attacked me first. Like, it was like self-defense. Oh, boy, here's what's bad. The former uh, fire commissioner, Don Karmajnani, I think that's how you say it. Well, his mom lives down in that area. And he didn't take kindly to all the homeless people. Man after my own heart. Well, here's the deal. In this area, there's been a guy going around with bear spray, walking up to homeless people and just spraying them in the face. Just dousing them with bear spray and walking away. Well, guess who it was? That's right, it was Mr. Karmishnani. That's who it was. Yeah. Now, there's video of it, of a guy laying there sleeping on the sidewalk. And granted, the guy sleeping on the sidewalk outside my house, I'm going to go out there and put a boot in his eye. I'm with this guy a thousand percent. But you also need to get ready for that guy to get up and be really pissed and start coming at you, and you're going to have to fight. He's either going to go away to get away from your attack, or he's going to return your attack with his attack, and you better up the game. Well, that's what this guy did. This guy got up with a metal rod and smacked him. And also know this. I deal with homeless people a lot at uh, my other two jobs. Um, they live on the streets. Life is hard on the streets. That's not just a line from a hip-hop song. That's real life. Life is hard on the streets. They got knives. If they, they, they've stolen a gun somewhere, they probably got a gun. Like, you know, they're going to get victimized by other homeless people, by just regular people. There's people that kill homeless people. And so they're ready for action. And this guy had a, a metal bar that was his defense system. And when he walked up and shot this guy in the face with bear mace, the dude jumped up and beat the living bejesus out of him with a, with a freaking bar. And now the video, I'm looking at a picture of this guy. And I'm looking at a picture of the guy that they've got on video. And these eight unprovoked attacks against homeless people in San Francisco. And well, let's just say... Uh, I don't think any charges are going to be pressed on Mr. Doty moving forward. I think Mr. Carmignani or whatever the hell his name is, Carmine, he's uh, going to be in trouble. He's going to end up going to jail. He's got his ass beat and his head bashed in with a freaking metal rod, and he's the dude that's going to go to jail. Yeah. They say he had been assaulting homeless people with bear spray all around the area. And there's one really good video from like a ring doorbell or something. And he was just, think about it though. Do you blame him? We know of all the crime there. We know of all the theft there. We know of all the petty theft there. We know the police don't prosecute big crimes there, let alone little crimes. And what's a little crime to them is a big crime to you, especially when it's your elderly mother that lives in a house there. You go outside and there's four homeless guys living outside. You're like, I'm not letting this happen. I'm going to get rid of these mofos. And then when you get rid of them, suddenly you're the bad guy. Like, as bad as it is, I'm on his side. I I like what he did. He didn't beat him. He didn't, like, he just shot him with bear spray, which is a deterrent to get him the F out of that area. He didn't want him around his mom's house. And now he's going to go to jail. Oh, yeah, and he got his head bashed in with a metal rod on top of it. And it looked like it was a, I don't know, I just got attacked by this crazy homeless guy. Yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't have sprayed him in the face with bear mace. All right, coming up next, let's sit down with those Lawrence brothers. 
Australia's own boys from down under. We'll talk to them next. Final hour of the stretch show coming at you on this Friday, right here on a big four nine. Uh, yeah, music to my ears. It is the Broham and the Broham playing on the stretch show. Pennywise on a Friday. That means one thing. Time for the fat man to go to bed. Maybe have a double-double cheeseburger first and then go to bed. Shout out to Burger King. I had Burger King yesterday. I don't get Burger King very often. Got it in a drive-thru tip. I'd gone, like, I don't know, 14 hours without eating. I was like, a Burger King, I'll go there. It was delicious. I had a triple Whopper because you know why? I'm a champion. I'm a heavyweight champion of the world. That's what I am. Anybody wants to eat against me, step on up. I'll be a professional eater in my later life. That's what I'm going to do. All right, I had to get out of here. Moto Man is coming up later today. He may or may not have Bookie Kyle with him. I don't know. Uh, Bookie Kyle. By the way, shout out to Bookie Kyle. The dude's got a real job. He works his ass off, and he gets up here on his free time at the 49, and we love Kyle. I bust his balls. I think sometimes he thinks when I bust his balls, I don't love him, but I'll tell you this. If Stretch doesn't love you, he doesn't bust your balls at all. He's just like, hey, what's up? I'm really mean to the people I like. It's a sad thing. Look at Moto Man. I love Moto Man. Jason from HYR. I love those guys. We're all going to be together on Saturday, but maybe not Kyle because uh, he's got some work to do. But we may, uh, we will all be here for the Nashville Supercross. Another East Coast race, going to have another early start. Granted, not as early as New York. Remember, it was crazy there. That was at 10 a.m. I think we got a noon start. I got to look it up. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even remember. I'm stupid. Figure it out. We'll get our freaking racing on. And I look it up right. I look it up right now before I go. Pennywise, don't you don't you shut down on me, Pennywise. I'm gonna look this up right now. I tell you right now when the big 49's coming. All right. I tell you right now, this is very amateur radio. This is not something. Uh, uh, if I had a producer that was worth his worth a piece of poo, he would have told me not to do what I just did. You don't do that on radio. You stop. You reboot the whole segment. You don't shut down the middle and start looking up stuff. You know what you're talking about before you even get on. 6.30 a.m. is the qualifying on the Peacock. Uh, 12 p.m. is when the night show starts. 12 p.m. God, it is another. It's 10 a.m. we're on it. It's also not only on the Peacock, it's on NBC again. I'm not mad at this. I'm willing to start early for the sake of the sport of motocross, supercross, which we love and them getting it on broadcast regular terrestrial television is a huge win so tell everybody you know and if you don't have the peacock you can watch just on nbc starting at noon on saturday we'll be on the air at 10 a.m on saturday heaven help me i gotta get up that's early for me i don't usually wake up to like two or three in the afternoon i'm a fat lump did i tell you i had a triple cheeseburger a triple whopper cheese and onion rings and a gigantic coke i did don't judge me M effort. All right, I'm out of here. I'm going to talk to you Fulios tomorrow with the crew, 10 a.m., right here on a Big 49. So until then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America. 